Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. What's up, everybody? Good Tuesday morning. Welcome into the live stream. I'm Michael Borky. Glad to see you. Uh, sorry about missing yesterday. I uh, I had to go on the Gallo show. Uh, didn't talk about medical marijuana or, you know, the debt ceiling or whatever. No, I talked about sports with Gallo yesterday morning and uh, was in studio with him yesterday. So that's why I am uh, a little late. A little late. One day off, but that's okay. We're talking today. What's, you know, this is... My favorite generic question, what's on the line this weekend? Now, for Mississippi State, nothing. You guys go get something to put on the smoker and kick back and hang out and watch football all weekend. You State fans out there listening to this, you got nothing to do this weekend, so enjoy it. No stress at all for you. You can actually, like, enjoy football. I I know we all love football. We love to watch our team play. But, I mean, everybody's got, like, stress associated with it, right? Um, you don't have to do any of that this weekend. You can just enjoy it while not watching your team uh, win or lose, just depending, of course. But you you get a stress-free football weekend, which is nice. So enjoy that. For the rest of the SEC, though, what is on the line? What uh, What are we looking forward to this weekend, if you will? So that's what I'll be talking about today, specifically, of course, about Ole Miss, because they play a game this weekend. State does not. Uh, LSU. LSU has a massive... Massive game for Ed Orgeron this weekend. I honestly don't think it's really going to particularly matter. Uh, but, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in Baton Rouge right now after their loss to Auburn. We'll look at the slate, give you the early lines and stuff like that. Zach says he gets us started. So glad Facebook went down yesterday to take over the news. As a state fan, the popcorn jokes got stale about 30 minutes after the game ended. Well, hey, hey, Dad brought a prop to the radio show yesterday. He had popcorn with him. I will say this, though. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with putting yourself out there, right? You just have to, if you're going to do that, you have to expect blowback. And I do appreciate that at least Lane Kiffin, when he put himself out there with the grab your popcorn, toss the headset thing, which is pretty bold, right? Like if they would have won the game, that would have been, that would have been pretty, forgive my language, pretty badass. But they got smoked, so it wasn't it wasn't that at all. After something like that, you got to just kind of embrace it and realize people are going to troll you. And at least he's done that, right? If you're going to put yourself out there, you got to be able to accept the blowback. And at least he's done that. You know, credit where it's due. You're going to put yourself out there. You're going to do something like that, and it's going to come up way, way, way short. Got to own it. You got to own what you did, and at least uh, at least he did that. Facebook's back, though. That's really disappointing. I know I'm streaming on Facebook in part, but that's really disappointing to see that Facebook is uh, is back. Uh, I was kind of hoping that it would be gone forever. There was some blue check mark yesterday on Twitter that was saying that uh, like part of the master code was deleted, and that could mean the website was gone forever. Uh, nailed that one, buddy. 
you know, six hours, forever six hours. Yeah, what's the difference? But I was kind of hoping Facebook would be gone forever. I feel like we would all be happier as people if Facebook went away forever. But, you know, anyway, it's a conversation for uh, a different day. Zach also adds, get to rest a week right before our execution. Yeah, here and, you know, I'll say the same thing uh, going into this game that I said about Ole Miss. Um, if you're a state fan out there, This is not a measuring stick game. You're 15 games into Mike Leach's tenure, 16 games into into his time at Mississippi State. This roster for Mississippi State is not ready yet to compete in this game. It's not. It helps that it's at home, but it's not. This is nothing more than a free shot and to just get out of it healthy, hope you play well, all that stuff. But um, that's all this is. There is no expectation other than just hope the team plays well because the roster cannot possibly be ready to win a game like this. And that's okay. That's perfectly fine. But yeah, this is not, if anybody's trying to use this as some kind of a measuring stick for how good or bad state is, I wouldn't do that. Alabama and Georgia for the rest of the SEC are not measuring sticks. Because when those two teams are locked in, they are head and shoulders, like head and shoulders better than everybody else in the SEC. So, um, I'm curious to see how how state holds up. Of course, I mean, if you know if they play well and it's close for a while, those are all really good things. But it's one of those games where you just again you hope you play well and come out healthy because otherwise um, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. As uh, as Ole Miss fans learned uh, this past weekend, so uh, we are streaming on YouTube. By the way, find me on YouTube, Michael Borky. Uh, I put the the tweet out there. Also on Twitter, on STM's Twitter, but you can follow me there as well if you'd like under the same name and Facebook. Um, and also wherever you get your podcast, Mike in the Morning, uh, or my name should turn up results wherever you get them. So subscribe there. I'm, I'm here, there, everywhere on the radio, uh, on YouTube, in podcasts, just all over the place. Uh, morning, Borky. What are some of your favorite sports podcasts? So um, I listen to Pardon My Take every episode, basically. Uh, Big Cat and PFT. It's not for everybody. I know like you, you can't listen to it if you have kids in the car, um, but but I absolutely love those guys. I listen to them every single day. Uh, I will also, to get my NBA fix, listen to uh, Kevin O'Connor uh, in the Ringer podcast, although I cannot stand the Ringer at all. Um, uh, but they do a good job. Chris Lowe does a good job if, if you happen to be looking for – and NBA podcast, which I know a lot of you are not. I listen to the athletic football show basically every day uh, to get my NFL fix. So that's kind of my rotation. I'll do uh, I'll do part of my take. I'll do Chris Lowe. Um, I'll do the Ringer NBA podcast, even though I hate the Ringer. Um, the athletic football show. Uh, I'll dab into Andy Staples, uh, his his college football podcast sometimes as well. Uh, but the thing is, uh, New Orleans football with Nick Underhill to get my Saints fix. There's a lot that sounds like I listen to a lot. I really don't actually Uh, because I'm doing so much. I mean, I I do this in the morning and then I do all the prep for the radio show in the afternoon. So I'm doing, you know, hours and hours of sports content every day. When I'm able to listen to something, it's mostly music. Truthfully, Uh, I do. I I listen to part of my take every day, but I never really finish it. Uh, It's mostly music for me for whatever that's worth. That's kind of my thing is, uh, when I'm able to disconnect, I, I, I like to actually do it. Um, and my playlist is extremely diverse. 
uh, you guys would be shocked by it. It has like, you know, Led Zeppelin is my most listened to artist on Spotify by a long shot, but there's also like my morning jacket and like blink 182 and um yellow card and stuff mixed in there as well it's pretty uh pretty diverse so but th- those are those are the ones that if i am listening to podcasts those are it patrick says i wish someone would write a book on how alabama and georgia is so good at keeping the ncaa out of their backyard um i, I do find it funny though i, I pointed this out before it- it's a frustrating thing for me because I want the programs in this state to do extremely well. And I want them mostly to be treated fairly. And, and that doesn't happen from, from people in sports media. Take N'Kobe Dean, for example. I Don't don't kid me on this. If I were N'Kobe Dean, I would not have signed with Matt Luke's Ole Miss. No shot. Zero percent chance I'm signing with Matt Luke's Ole Miss if I'm him. If I was a recruit, there's no way I would have jumped on uh, on board with that. And good players did, and that's in part why Ole Miss is playing well right now because you had, like, Matt Corral signed with Matt Luke's Ole Miss. I would not have. I wouldn't have, so I don't blame him for that. But Georgia goes into Mississippi and takes the best player from the state, plays defense. Nobody even thinks twice about it at all. Like, when he makes a sack in in the game, like he did against Arkansas, there's N'Kobe Dean from Mississippi. It's just like an afterthought. Nobody even thinks about it. Nobody bats an eye that Georgia's able to come into Mississippi and take a player of that caliber. Nobody even thinks twice about it. But if Ole Miss were to go to Atlanta and take the best player from the state of Georgia, it would be a story. How'd they do that? Oh, something's fishy there. Why would he do that? That kind of stuff drives me nuts. Um but but you get it, and, and we'll talk about LSU here in a little bit. They get special treatment even. And LSU fans think like the media is out to get them. They haven't even come close to covering them the way they should have. Because, yes, there are bad stories out there that you can find, but considering what has, the, the substance that has been behind those stories, they didn't even get mentioned when they play games. They didn't get brought up. They didn't get covered. I mean, my gosh, there was an interview on Feinbaum yesterday. God bless me for hearing that. Um, where, where they talked about how all of this scandal wouldn't be a thing if Ed was winning. Now, I, I get it if it's NCAA stuff. If a coach is winning, NCAA, you know, ignore that. But it's far beyond that. So you're telling me that this wouldn't be a thing? Title Nine Assault? Criminal activity wouldn't be a thing if the football coach is winning a little bit more. That's really what we're just going to say out loud for everyone. Not everybody gets that treatment. It's really frustrating. Um, but again, if I were Nicobe Dean, I would not have signed with Ole Miss at the time, so I don't blame him. But the the reaction, if the inverse would have happened, is pathetic. And the same applies to Mississippi State. If State went into Atlanta and signed a five-star linebacker from Atlanta that Georgia really wanted, people would be like, wait, whoa, what happened there? Hmm, what's going on here? That's fishy. But if the inverse happened, nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's happening again with a running back, too, in this area. Nobody's even batting an eye. Nobody's even... But if the inverse happened, it would be a meltdown. That's what I don't like. It's unfair uh, the way it's covered, but, you know, I guess it's just how it is, I suppose. Maybe the era of name, image, and likeness will shut some of that up. I don't know. I doubt it, but maybe some of it will. So this weekend, Arkansas and Ole Miss will start with there, obviously, with the local interest. 
and State being off this weekend. Uh, here's your measuring stick. This is your measuring stick. I, I spent all last week talking about how Alabama is nothing more than a free shot. Had some disagreement on the radio show about that, but I stood by it. Alabama, the Ole Miss roster that Lane Kiffin took over, 14 games in his tenure at Ole Miss, was not going to be prepared to compete for a, a national championship, which is what beating Alabama would do. The quarterback play would have been an equalizer if they could have protected him at all. Uh, Ole Miss didn't play particularly well. The fourth down decisions, while I think were the right ones, they backfired, and Ole Miss's defense was playing with short fields and stuff like that. Just did not have that magical day that um, you know that people were hoping for. But I don't think that's a measuring stick. I don't think it's an indicator of program direction or anything like that. And I don't think most of you uh, disagree with that. I think most people agree that it's Nick Saban's Alabama. How many teams in America can go to Tuscaloosa and beat Nick Saban's Alabama? I think that list is one. I think Georgia is the only. I think Georgia is the only team in America that will go to or could go to Tuscaloosa and win. I think it's Georgia. I don't think Ohio State would do it. I don't think Iowa would do it, or Penn State, or Cincinnati. Oregon just lost. Um, uh, say a quick one, by the way, for Joe Moorhead, who had to get emergency surgery on Saturday and is recovering in the hospital. Um, I did not know that at the time um, when when the game was going on. But, yeah, so, you know, if if you're the type, say a quick one for him. But I, I don't think anybody in America could go to Tuscaloosa besides Georgia and, and win a game. So, no, it's not a measuring stick. Uh, the, the roster's not ready for a game like that. Very clearly, the roster is not ready for a game like that. You, you, you know... You look at it, if you're if you're Kiffin and, and Levy and Durkin and the coaching staff, you look at the film, you try to correct what you can, but you move on because you're not going to see a collection of talent like that for the rest of your season. Not at all. Not even close. Uh, this is your measuring stick. This is your game where you look at the outcome and decide about program direction and status uh, within the SEC. It's this weekend. It wasn't last weekend. It's this one. It is Arkansas because Arkansas is in the identical boat that you're in. First, I think generally speaking, even without Sam Pittman being hired at the same time Kiffin was, they're in the same group of teams right now in the SEC. We talked about it a little on Sunday, but you've got Alabama and Georgia on a tier by themselves and a pretty significant drop-off, and that's where you have Auburn, um, Arkansas, Kentucky. Um, Kentucky's getting really underappreciated right now. I know their offense stinks, but... They're winning games. What else do you want from them? Uh, what did I say? Auburn, Arkansas, Kentucky, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Tennessee after a win possibly this weekend could creep up in there. Uh, Texas A&M, that group, they all, I think, are have good qualities about them, and they're all flawed in some way or another, and they can all beat each other. Uh, but these are your, quote, measuring stick games. This is now where you pay attention to W. Or L. Um, now it's time to really judge where your program is in year two. It's how they play at home against a team like Arkansas. How improved is your defense really? Because yes, Arkansas is physical and they've run the football well on some teams. Um, it's not the most daunting offense you've seen. You're going to see much better quarterbacks the rest of the year. Then K.J. Jefferson, and he's been banged up. 
They're coming off of a physical, pretty knockdown dragout game against Georgia where Georgia threw 11 passes and beat them by five touchdowns and a field goal. Physically just owned them and didn't even have to throw the football really at all. This is your real measuring stick. Sam Pittman took over the same time you did. His roster, I think, was worse than the one that you took over. Honestly, that's in part why Kiffin took the Ole Miss job anyway. Now you start talking about this is a game that you've got to win. This is a game where you decide where Ole Miss is as a program in year two under Lane Kiffin. It's the Arkansas game. It's the Auburn game. It's Tennessee. It's Mississippi State. It sure as hell is in Alabama. But here's where it starts. Now we're going to know how really where Ole Miss is as a program. Uh, This is the game. This is the weekend. Um, It's a shame that it's at 11 a.m. That that just stinks out loud. But it, it is what it is. Arkansas is not traveling well, which is uh, pretty unique. Uh, we, we learned yesterday that they only requested from the allotment. Arkansas only requested 1,500 tickets to this game. More Arkansas fans will go. They'll buy on StubHub or whatever, but that's all they requested. The the gate, the era has just changed completely as far as attendance goes and stuff. It might not even sell out. We'll get close, but it might not even sell out. They're, right now, there's... You know, five, 6,000 seats available still, in part because Arkansas didn't bring any, but it's just how it is now. Either way, big game, should be a nice environment. Here's your measuring stick. Here's where you learn about what your program is. Some of the reaction I saw, and it wasn't much, but some of the reaction I saw and that I heard yesterday on the radio show was kind of shocking to me. Um uh, we had an Ole Miss fan. Uh, again, it's just one guy, so I don't know how many people like him are out there. Text into the radio show and, and say, you know, Kiffin coached his team out of that game. They would have won if he'd have made better decisions. <sighs> you know, I'm not going to go down the fourth down play calling road again today. I'm just not going to do it. I, I've done that before. I did it on Sunday. You can hear my extensive thoughts about that. I talked about it on the radio show some yesterday. In case you missed either one of those times, long story short, I would rather, if I were an Ole Miss fan, if I were you listening right now, my coach take risks and coach to win as opposed to coaching to lose by a little less. I don't think it makes a bit of a difference if they go for it on fourth down or they punt the football on Saturday. If your stance is if they would have not gone for it on fourth down and punted, they would have won, I I don't know what you were watching some of this reaction. I, I'm really, I'm generally shocked by, uh, I, I really don't understand it considering what Alabama was. Uh, some of the texts we got yesterday were bizarre. I mean, just that was his worst coach game of his career. No, that that's not true. I think that would be Auburn last year. Honestly, um, he lost the game. He coached his team out of it, stuff like that. I, I, I just don't, I cannot wrap my mind around that. And if you're given the choice, Give me the guy, forgive my language, that coaches with some balls as opposed to the guy that kicks a field goal on fourth and one down 28 to three in Baton Rouge to make it 28 to six. I'll take the I'll take the the higher risk, greater reward than the no risk, zero reward all day of the week or every day of the week. I mean, so I don't understand where some of that came from, but. You okay, bud? Sorry, my dog's with me this morning. Scalpers in the parking lot are with cardboard signs are in shambles. Yeah, the. The secondary ticket market, uh, may, you know, 
I've had gripes with the the fees and stuff for so long. It, it's almost like extortion what these ticket companies do on these secondary markets, how much they charge you. Uh, I was looking at Saints tickets last week, and if you were buying four seats, you were paying for five with all the fees and stuff. Not kidding. Like the, the, You were paying for five seats to get four with all the fees and transaction fee and processing fee and all that crap. It's a joke. But yeah, scalpers are also... Uh, in shambles. It's going to be like this everywhere. Tiger Stadium wasn't full on Saturday night. Hell, they may have sold every ticket. Bryant Denny wasn't full on Saturday. There were, from television, there were empty seats, and I talked to somebody at the game, and they were like, yeah, you, I mean, there were a few thousand empty seats at Bryant Denny for a SEC home game at 2.30 with Lane Kiffin returning to Tuscaloosa, and they, they couldn't fill it up. That's just the era now. Tucker says, I think Ole Miss is catching Arkansas at just the right time. Bama in the rear view, Corral to redeem himself against Arkansas, who may be limping a bit. Yeah, you know Matt Krause had this game circled and then some on uh, on the schedule. But what was well, – I guess if you're looking for a silver lining from the game against Alabama, as far as I know, and I, I could have missed something, but as far as I know, Ole Miss didn't suffer any uh, long-term injuries. I think Sam Williams is okay. Uh, I haven't seen a report on that, but it seems like Ole Miss is coming out of that game pretty healthy. Uh, maybe Arkansas is the same, but the the manner in which those two games occurred, the physicality uh, of what Georgia did to Arkansas was a little bit different than what Ole Miss faced uh, against Alabama. And yeah, I think they're catching them at a good time. It is at home. This is Arkansas's third game away from home. They played the neutral site in Dallas and then went to Athens. Now they're in Oxford. Um, and... and this is a chance for crowd to get redemption. Uh, Arkansas, while good in the front six, does not present the same challenges that Alabama does. So you would think that crowd can get protected a little bit better than he was last week. Um, this is a big game for Matt Corral, especially because I don't think he really lost anything on Saturday. Yes, he went from the first spot to the second spot in Heisman odds. And, and really, to me, it's not about winning the trophy. Like, it's not going to happen. Ole Miss is not going to win enough to win the Heisman. It's going to be somebody from a team that makes the playoff, and I don't think Ole Miss is making the playoff. But getting invited to the ceremony is still huge for your program, and he's still very much on track for that. Getting invited to New York's a big deal. I don't I don't care what anybody says. If your quarterback gets invited to freaking New York, that's a big deal for your program for the Heisman ceremony, even if he doesn't have a chance to win it. He's still second in odds. But... As we talked about on Sunday, some I saw growth with him. He could have forced the football into places he didn't belong. He could have, when they were down 14 nothing, 21 nothing, or in the second half, just you know started gunslinging everywhere and kind of abandoning abandoning his reads or whatever, and just trying to just sling the ball around and bring his team back with reckless abandon, which is something that happened a couple of times a year ago. He didn't do that. Still played within himself. Ended up having a really solid game, all things considered. And his best play of the game was an incomplete pass uh, on their first touchdown drive in the second half. He evaded a free rusher, and moving to his left, he set his feet and threw like a 60-yard just just drop in the bucket to, I think it was Drummond, and he dropped the ball. But uh, it's a big game for him. And you hope that he doesn't get too emotionally high uh, in this game considering you know what happened last year and how he's constantly being reminded about that game. It's a big spot for them. 
Daniel, I agree. Field goals don't win against Alabama. No. Field goals and punting don't beat out. This Ole Miss team cannot beat this Alabama team with field goals and punting. Georgia can. They're not Georgia, and that's okay. If they convert the fourth downs, he's branded as a genius. Exactly. And that's that's been the case since he took over at Ole Miss. He said it, and I was reminded of this yesterday, in the opening press conference. He said, I'm going to get booed sometimes. I'm paraphrasing. He was like, they're, they're going to hate me sometimes because I'm going to go for it on fourth down a lot. He told you December of 2019 or whatever it was that this was going to happen. They do it every game. They did it the most of every – they were like number one in fourth down conversions last year. They do it very well. They're going to keep doing it. It's going to look easier and better against Arkansas instead of Alabama's. But it's their brand. It's what they do. And it's it's worked, and it's been a great equalizer for the offense, and it keeps defenses on their toes. That was just Alabama. It's just a different animal. Gil says, Ole Miss and Arkansas is always a sneaky good game and rivalry, one of the most underrated games every year. And I expect some fireworks. I do. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, and two programs that are ahead of schedule. And, and I'll put this to bed and move on after this. Uh, again, there was very few people, but there were people that were um, – kind of having a mini meltdown after after the game on Saturday and the way it looked. Um, if you can at this point, even I know a lot of state fans watch and listen to this as well, and I appreciate all you guys. Um, I think even a state fan would admit that Ole Miss is way ahead of schedule right now, and so is Arkansas. If you told both Arkansas and Ole Miss fans where they would be on October 5th of 2021, the seasons they had last year and how Arkansas would be 13th going into their game at Ole Miss, 4 and 1, and Ole Miss would be 17th hosting Oxford at 3 and 1. People would have had a damn parade around the Oxford Square or in Fayetteville. They would have. These two programs, regardless of the result on Saturday, are way ahead of schedule. They're way ahead of schedule. And if you don't see that, with all due respect, you you don't really know what you're looking at, or your expectations are so completely unrealistic that I, I don't I don't know what to tell you. Honestly, there, there's no response. I am open to hearing other people's opinions, of course. On this case, I'm not. I think simply, if you disagree with that, you are wrong. You you're just simply wrong. If you disagree with the sentiment that Arkansas and Ole Miss are ahead of schedule from where Pittman and Kiffin took over as they play the game this weekend, you're wrong. That's You're just wrong. Zach says it's going to be a real shame when they both lose by double digits to State. <laughs> I hear you, man. Hey, uh, State fans got to be feeling pretty good uh, about that. Um, about that. Makes uh, the sting from Memphis, removes that. Because going into the season, I, I you know, I didn't think they were going to beat LSU because I thought LSU was going to be better than what they are. Turns out, in a few weeks, we're going to look back at that game and think, how the hell did they lose to that LSU team? Uh, turnovers. But I thought they were going to beat Memphis, obviously, and I didn't think they'd go to College Station and win. So they just kind of balance each other out. Uh, the back half of state schedule is m- more than manageable. Uh if they keep playing like they did on Saturday night, they will end the season with a ton of momentum and they'll go to a bowl game. 
easily. Like not go to a bowl game at six and six and they play in the new stadium in Birmingham, but like they will clear the 500 level and go to a bowl game seven. I mean, look at the last six games on their schedule and tell me you don't see a path for eight. It's there. It's a tough one because they're going to lose to Alabama, but it's there. They have Vanderbilt. They have an FCS team. So there's five wins right there. There's a chance they have a really good back half of the season. And if that's the case, let's say they end the season at 7-5. and five. State will also be either right on schedule or a step ahead of schedule, considering what I thought the team was going to be when Leach took over. But I hear you, man. Miles says, had a dude tell me this morning he considers the season a failure if they lose to Arkansas and no one else. I'm thinking to myself, that's, wait, a human being that presumably has a vote and can drive a car thinks if Ole Miss loses to Arkansas and wins the rest, the season's a failure? <sighs> Some people are, are, are just insane. I, I, my gosh. If Ole Miss goes 8-4, and four, that's a success. And I know fans won't like that, but that's the truth. Eight wins for Ole Miss, that's a successful year, too, without a doubt. Um, I guess people don't quite realize what the rosters were when taken over. And, oh, by the way, the whole COVID thing happened, and they couldn't even practice before the first season. They couldn't even host recruits on their campus until, like, May of this year. What are we talking about? Gil says, as a state fan, I hate to admit it, but Borky is right. Hey, I appreciate that. Yeah, they're ahead of schedule. It's a big game this weekend, though. It's a big, big game this weekend. You got to win it. You got to win it. Hey, Bobo. My dog wants some attention. Uh, other games this weekend. Uh, Georgia-Auburn. Here, here's free money for you, by the way. Georgia's minus, minus 14 and a half and, uh, in Gainesville. Hey, thanks. Jay Robertson says, enjoy you every morning, Borky. Thanks for the content. Anytime, man. I love doing it. I love doing it. Just uh, tell your friends. I want this thing to keep growing. Um. Here's free money for you. Georgia minus 14 and a half. That, that's free money for you. Um, this game in Jordan-Hare at 2.30 on CBS is going to go down the exact same way that Georgia-Arkansas did. Watch. It's going to go down the same way. Exactly. Um, Auburn at 18 and 4-1 and one is a bit of fool's gold to me. And I think uh, that's going to get exposed bigly against Georgia. Uh, the next most important game, or the one with stuff on the line, though, is LSU at Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky sold Kroger Field out, which, as we've learned, is a hard thing to do anymore. But this is the end of Ed. Whether it's this weekend, whether it's uh, whether it's the Florida game, the Ole Miss game, I mean, you can look at the next six games for LSU and make an argument, or the next five games, excuse me, for LSU, and make an argument that they lose all five. Will they? Probably not. Everybody can kind of beat each other. Hell, I think LSU could go to Kentucky and possibly win. But they're at Kentucky, Florida at home, at Ole Miss, at Alabama, Arkansas at home. They can lose all five of those games. Absolutely. They can lose all five of those games in a row. Um I mean, Ed could save his job for another week this weekend, but I think this is the end. It's clear. They're not beating Alabama. I don't think right now, based on the LSU that I've watched, they're going into Oxford and winning. Um, I, I mean, what's frustrating is what I talked about a little bit earlier, is when you have people that cover the team, 
not this aspect of it. I mean, when they fire Ed, Lane Kiffin's name is going to show up. So just get ready for that. Um, and if I were Lane, I would take the calls, honestly. That's just the truth. I would. Um, I would have I would have a lot of questions about the NCAA and Title IX investigations and stuff like that, but I would take the call. Um, why wouldn't you? But the rhetoric around what I saw yesterday with nobody would be talking about these investigations if Ed was winning, it's gross. And what I anticipate them using for termination is going to be the scandals, and people are just going to buy it. People are going to buy it. Uh, when in reality, it's only because of wins and losses on the football field. And this is not just your typical NCAA stuff. This isn't, you know, a booster giving a kid 500 bucks or whatever people used to get hit for. That's never bothered me. I, I've always thought that that should be above board, and that's why I was a big proponent of name, image, and likeness. Because if an adult wants to give another uh, voting-aged adult money for being good at sports, they should be allowed to do just that. So I've been dismissive of NCAA violations uh, really since I've been in media because I think the organization's a joke. However, this is far worse than that. And just to dismiss it as, oh, if you were winning, nobody would care. I, I would. And the fact that he can say that and probably be right is sad. It's really sad. So the way this thing's going to be covered, I think, is going to just really be gross, honestly, because it's only about not winning enough, and it's not at all about the scandals that would have been brushed under the rug if they were winning football games. But since they're not, they're going to use it as means for termination when they start losing football games. But get ready for it. I, I had a friend text me last night about Lane to LSU. And I, I've talked about it before the season started, or I think it was like after week two with you guys here. Just get used to it. His name's going to come up on every job. Eventually, he's going to take one. May or may not be LSU. I don't know. But I do know that every hot list, when Ed gets fired, and that's coming, Ed is, it's, it's coming. It's not going to survive the year. He may get to coach to the end of it, but this is it. Clearly, that team is awful. They cannot run the football. Their offensive line's atrocious. Um, I'm shocked, honestly, when I watch LSU play. I cannot believe an LSU football team is that bad up front. I, I know they've had injuries and stuff, but I cannot. I really, truly am genuinely surprised that an LSU team is so bad at running the football as this one is. I, I'm truly, honestly shocked by it. But either way, it's going to end. Um, it's going to end, and his name's going to be on there, so just deal with it. But the way it's going to be covered is really going to be bothersome to me because this isn't just, oh, well, they've got scandal there. It's worse than that. It's not the NCAA um, sniffing around. It's worse than that. It's a lot worse than that. But since these outlets don't really cover it, for whatever reason, um, it is what it is. It's a shame. How do I feel about Auburn's actual place in the SEC West? Fourth or fifth? Um, I mean, their win was impressive in Baton Rouge, right? Bo Nix looked better. I think it's kind of a hodgepodge right now. Uh, I think we'll get some separation, uh, obviously, with Ole Miss-Arkansas this weekend. Uh, I think Texas A&M is a tier below Ole Miss-Arkansas. Throw Mississippi State in there. Um, and Auburn. I think... Uh, I mean, I think right now, currently, 
boy, this is going to sound crazy. I think A&M is the worst team in the West right now. I think it's A&M seventh. I would put, because uh, hmm. I, I, even though LSU won the game, I think State currently is better than LSU. I think I would put LSU sixth, State fifth, Auburn fourth, somewhere around there. Uh, it's not scientific. I mean, I think they all can kind of beat each other, but somewhere around there. Who do I think is more overpaid, Ordron or Jimbo? According to the internet, they're paid about the same. Um, well, then, I mean, Orgeron two years ago went 15-0 and won a national championship at his current employer. Uh, so the answer is Jimbo, especially when you give him a million-and-a-half-dollar raise before the season begins, like one week before the season begins. It's him. Williams says popcorn and mic drop will cool some teams on Kiffin. I disagree with that strongly. Uh, I don't think that's enough to deter a place like LSU. I mean, that's who we're talking about, right? We're talking about LSU. I don't, I don't know how many other programs that are – better than Ole Miss would have a job that comes open anyway this season. I mean, I think it's going to be very few. I don't think the Southern Cal thing is a possibility. I could be wrong. I just, I don't think either one will explore each other on that. Um, but if you're LSU, I mean, your, your previous coach, look at, look at, look at Ed Orgeron and his past and his current and what's going on at the program. You think grab your popcorn is going to deter those people from, from a coach? I don't, I don't know. Sebastian says, hard to see the NCAA doing much given how little they came down on Baylor even after revealing what occurred there. I think it will be an excuse to get rid of Cocho. I tend to agree there, although it's not just the Title IX uh, abuse and lack of reporting possibly covering up that abuse that's out there. They have bad NCAA allegations as well. Like It's not just a Baylor situation. They had a booster that was using a hospital charity to funnel money to players and their families. Odo Beckham was handing cash on the field. You know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, they can't ignore it. It's the NCAA. Of course they can ignore it. But it's harder to ignore when it's all of these things and not just one. But anyway, on the line this weekend, we'll see if Tennessee, by the way, is, uh, if what they did to Missouri is who they are now, because they have another bad team in South Carolina this weekend. And if they look like that, different challenge for Ole Miss coming up next weekend. Uh, other games going on. Alabama's in College Station. God bless the Aggies. That's going to be a bloodbath. Uh, Missouri's hosting North Texas. And Vanderbilt's at Florida. God bless them as well. You guys have a good day. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, I will see you on the radio this afternoon and right back here tomorrow at 8 a.m. Y'all have a good one. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.